2: Welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. Uh, we're already laughing. It's going to be a fun one today. I'm Lincoln Shrike, joined by Gordon Mack, and we're delighted to be joined by 110 Meter Hurdles world champion Grant Holloway. Grant, uh, have you been playing more Call of Duty than you ever had in your life during this period of coronavirus?
1: A lot, a lot of Call of Duty, a lot. Um, more so, more than usual. Usually when I travel, I try not to bring the system with me. Just, just because you know you don't want you don't want that distraction to be uh, a problem for when you're trying to focus in and lock in on hurdles. But there's no hurdles races coming soon. Um, it's just one of the things you know. I've been playing a lot of competitive play today. I just finished scrims. um So really, right now it's just one of the things where you know you sit back, relax, work out those fingers, and you go to practice when you practice.
2: I saw a thing, I don't know if
1: it's,
0: oh, go for it, Gordon. I have a question about, I just have a question about video games. Obviously your career is 110 meter hurdling, and you're at the top in the world in your career. Being so good at one thing in your world, how good are you in the, the video game aspect of your world? And does it bother you that you're not the world champion in video games because you know what it's like to be, you know, in the top tier of a thing in your life?
1: Um, I definitely think it's, um, I think it's one of the things like you try to get as good as you can. But um, a fun fact about uh, uh, eSports, like they train, when well, I mean, I'm not say train, they play about 14 to 16 hours a day. You know, I'm only on the game for about three hours max. So it's just one of the things, you know, you sit back and you kind of like you, you take it, you take it to a sense. But then at the same time, you don't take it to a sense because, you know, you not getting the time and everything like 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 the normal person is. So, like, you kind of just take up a grain of salt. However good you are, you're good. With me, I play with a lot of my friends. I play with the track community. So, as long as I'm the best in the track community, um, I, I'm, I'm really good. As long as I'm the best with my friends that are playing, I'm fine. And then, like, we play, we'll, we'll do scrims against other, like, I'll like I'll put out on Twitter if you guys see sometimes, like, I'll put out, who wants to run a 4v4 match, my squad versus your squad. And like, you know, we kind of just take it for a grain of salt and see what really happens, you know. But at the end of the day, I know I'm not going to be the best best. I mean, I watched some of the major league gaming matches. They are moving swifter than swift. So it's just one of the things, you know, you sit back and you're like, damn, I wish I could do that.
2: Well, if it wasn't clear already from your glass of wine, um, it is happy hour. We're recording this 5 p.m. on a Wednesday. What are you drinking there, Grant?
1: I'm drinking um, a red Bardot. Uh, This one was given to me by um, a good friend of mine named Ed. Shout out to Ed. I appreciate it. This is a great glass. But, um, you know, I've always been the one to drink wine, leading up to NCAAs, leading up to Worlds, after Worlds, before Worlds. You name it, I most likely had wine either the day before or a couple hours before.
2: Are you a collector or just a drinker? Like, what do you, how do you partake in um, the, the, the wine vino? Yeah, I would
1: say okay. I'm a drinker. I don't really collect wine um, unless it's like, you know, you go to like Paris or, you know, you go somewhere where wine is really big, but um, my wine collection is, is decent. I'm not going to sit here and say I have the best wine collection and knowing the man, because I just started drinking wine more so towards the end of my junior year at Florida. That's when I really started getting into wine. And then afterwards, um, as a housewarming gift, as people will say, I got about three good bottles of wine, four good bottles of wine that I really enjoyed. Um, So it's it's something that I love to get into, love the taste of it. And it's just, it's way better than liquor and you can't do weed. So it's just one (laughs) of the things. <laughs> you sit back That's on it and you ponder about. It.
0: <laughs> One fun things that track communities sometimes get involved with when it comes to like extracurricular activities with with alcohol. There's beer miles. Have you figured? Have you thought about trying to think of a a hurdle <laughs> wine competition for yourself?
1: Never, never once in my life. <laughs> I sit back. I say what I have to say. Uh you guys decrypt it like you guys always do. Sometimes I'm a good guy, sometimes I'm the bad guy. But hey, life is always good when you're smiling and you can you can joke around with that stuff.
2: How are you feeling right now with the season, you know, basically on pause? How are you missing track and field big time? Is this a fun phase for you? Like what what's going on in your life?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a fun phase for me. Um I haven't had a vacation or let me not say vacation. I haven't had time off like this. Since my junior year in high school, you know, and that was really just because I was hurt and I wasn't able to to compete postseason, you know. So I just started getting ready for football. But um, like this time, I've been really happy. Got a lot of stuff done around the house. Um, got a lot of things done on the game. Got a lot of things done with Rose Gang, my T-shirt company. Um, it's been everything has been great. I'm very happy. Um, Got a call from Adidas saying that you know if they if they're having meets they would like me to run so that's a positive you know it's everything is just lining up lining up lining up and it's just one of the things you know you sit back and you say all right if this is the only thing that I have to complain about then life is good.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any to take it. thoughts? Uh, well, like taking this long break. Obviously, you come off a of Worlds, You're at the peak of your career at that moment in your career and you kind of want to ride that momentum into an Olympic year. Is there a part of you that kind of wishes you would have had an Olympic year this year because you're kind of rolling on all cylinders and and now having to take a whole year break, you might not be as, you know, at your peak performance to where you were in the end of that 2019 season?
1: Yeah, um, I wouldn't say this is necessarily my peak as an athlete, but, like, I would love to have that momentum run roll into twenty twenty. I think any person who did really good at World Champs or who got a medal at World Champs, they're most likely favored to get a medal again at the Olympics. That's just how the track and field community works. Um, but I I wouldn't say I'm at the peak of my season, but I would definitely say um, I'm at the I'm I'm getting closer to my prime years. So a lot of people have been asking me, are you upset about the Olympics not happening? Are you okay with the Olympics? You know how how do you feel about it? And I say I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Like. Um, I was 21 when I won my first gold medal. I'll be 23 at, the, at my first Olympics. I mean, I'll take all of that with a grain of salt. Keep it moving, keep it chugging, and then um, when 2021 pulls up, just I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be ready, just like I always am.
2: You know, the country recently has been reckoning with the way that institutions have and, and individuals have treated. African-Americans in this country for a long time. And I know you participated in the Sports Illustrated article kind of talking about your experiences with racism and talking about your response maybe going forward in the sport. And And one part caught my eye in, in particular, and it said that you planned on, or you said that you planned on wearing an I can't breathe shirt um, before, before meets when you warm up. Can you elaborate a little bit more about why that's important for you?
1: Um, I would necessarily say it's important just because, it's It's been an ongoing thing, you know, for me to see everything that's been happening, not just with me personally, but just around the world. And, you know, it's 2020 right now. I think, let's just say, let's just go back to when my, my, my parents were or, or around that time. Let's just say, go back to 1980. You know, you're still fighting those same problems back in 1970, 1980, even 1990, the year I was, I mean, the decade I was born, and like, we're, we're still fighting all the same problems to this day. So like now it's, you know, you got to sit back and ask yourself, like, what, what are we doing as a nation? What are we doing as individuals? And like, what can we do to bring notice or bring ideas or anything of that nature to, you know, boost the, the awareness and, you know, the, the rights of people, like I mean, like, for example, you got Colin Kaepernick. He was, he's kneeling down. He was kneeling down, I think, uh, help me out with the year, 2014, 13,
2: Seven, so? 17, 2007? I believe. 17, oh, 17. Oh, okay, good. I was about to yeah, like, yeah, 2007? <laughs> but no, so 2017,
1: you got that. you know, Colin Kaepernick was, he started it all off. So, you know, you're pushing that stuff out for him. And then he gets kicked out of the league. And now it's 2020, and you got Roger Goodell giving him a public apology for things that he was trying to bring notice to. You know, it's just it's so many people, and I'm not just Colin, but like you know, other other athletes. You know, you can use LeBron James, you can use any basketball player because they really did a great job, in my opinion, of doing that. But like you got so many people trying to bring notice to the thing, and for me to see the George Floyd thing firsthand, um, it really took a toll on me. Um, emotionally physically um mentally you know all all three aspects of you know where you need to live your life it really took a toll on me so like for 48 hours i was i was really down and out i mean so now i i I try to boost myself back forward like i think i said I, i took four i took two days off and then i put the george floyd video up when he was basically saying you know he just finished working out right now he's just giving back he's sharing so like you know, it's that was like that's where I felt like I was like I felt like I was sharing my whole life, sharing my experience, sharing my emotions, my lifestyle, everything that I do of making people smile and making them feel wanted and you know happy. That you know it's time to you know focus on something realer, you know something something bigger than myself. So, yeah, I, I said that, that I, I would like to wear a I can't brief shirt. I really haven't you know talked it over with anybody. Um, I haven't really. I don't want to necessarily say I haven't thought about the, the consequences, but um, at the end of the day, it's like, you, you have to stand up for what is, what is right for your, you know, for you and, and your morals and everything that you live by. And that's definitely something that, you know, I prayed about. I talked to my father and my mother about, it's just something that, you know, you really want to be able to, you know, take a stand and make a difference, not even in, in the sport of track and field, but just around the world.
2: Given the kind of the way the Olympic movement has discussed protesting in the past and recently, you know, they had said like, oh, we're not going to tolerate protesting. And now, this movement kind of generates that and, and really brings to the forefront of what protesting is about and, and what it can mean for certain individuals. I'm wondering if you have personally thought about kneeling, what your opinion of it is and if it has changed throughout the, uh, maybe throughout the years or or whatever. And I know you know what it means. And the reason I ask you specifically is I think back to your podium moment in Doha last year where you saluted. Exactly,
1: exactly.
2: Um, What is is your thinking right now about kneeling during an anthem?
1: Yeah, so me personally, I can't speak for the rest of the track and field community or anybody else. But my dad served 22 years in the military. Um, He was deployed about four or five times that I can remember, Uh, you know, deployed for two months, deployed for eight months, back to four months, maybe two again, maybe 10 here. And, you know, that really took a toll on me, you know, as I was growing up, because at the time, all I had was my mother. But now like, you know, I will, me personally, I will say I will never kneel and it's not to not bring notice to, you know, things like, like George Floyd or police brutality or the, the injustice in the justice system you know you got so many things that you you can kneel about but my dad served 22 years in the navy so i can live my life to the fullest you know so i can live my life to talk to you guys so i can live my life to do whatever i want to do on the track to say whatever i want to say during press conferences you know the list can go on and on my dad did that so i can live my life to the fullest so i feel like if i kneel, that is a smack in the face to my father you know, and that's something that I would never want to do one, because my dad is 10 times stronger than me. He'll be, he'll beat my ass. And then two, that's just another thing. Like I can't see myself doing it because my dad has done so much for me as an individual. And like I said, I can't speak on everybody else, but me as an individual, my father has done so much for me that if I do kneel my dad better be kneeling right beside me because if he does it, then I know it's okay. You know, it's one of the like role model type of things, but, I can never say I'm going to kneel because of what my dad does to me. And it goes back to when I saluted back in Doha. It wasn't to bring, to say anything about the justice system, police brutality, or anything of that nature. It was because my dad has done so much for me so that I can live my life to the fullest. So I'm able to go to Doha, I'm able to use this platform or track and field as a job and, get paid and travel the world travel the world with my legs there's so many things that you can really say but my dad is the reason why I saluted in Doha and it's just one of the things you know I'm very very happy to sit here and say that I can do that because not everybody one has a father figure in their life and then two they can say that they have a father figure in their life that he's in the military so that is the the background of what I believe in with my father and and everything else that he has raised me to do
2: But your view of fellow athletes that would kneel, I mean, do you view that positively or how do you see, you know, others maybe that hadn't gone through those experiences, how do you view it? Yeah, I
1: definitely see it as a positive input. I don't really see it as a negative because everybody wants to bring attention to the problem that's going on, you know, and it's not just for us. It's not just for, you know, their well-being or saying, oh, everybody else is doing it, let me hop on the bandwagon. It's just more so saying, like, look, this is what's been going on in the world whether you like it or not, we're bringing attention to it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna keep putting it underneath the rug. We're not gonna keep th- trying to brush it away. It's either you're with us or you aren't. You got to pick a side. You know, that's just that's that's the biggest thing right now.
0: Okay. I guess I'll go. We're trying to figure out how to do the two people interviewing one person uh, dynamic. Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe Grant, we can do is you you can you can you, you can call on us and be like All right, Gordon you're next or go back and forth. <laughs> okay.
1: Don't let me you going to be really I do
0: I do have a uh a kind of a, a lighthearted question about some track performances that have happened uh recently. Carson Warholm, I know you I know you hate this conversation. You hate being asked about what you could do. So why are you going Why it up? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know you hate it, but this isn't a four hundred meter hurdle question. That I got to do it. It's my job. It's my job to be the asker. This, <laughs> this is a this is a this is a three hundred meter hurdle question. So Carson Rolholm broke the world record in the three hundred meter hurdles. Now I know you have the four hundred meter talent. You have the hurdle talent. Now it's not a four hundred meter hurdle. It's it's seventy five percent of that. Could you? Do you think you could break the three hundred meter hurdle record? I think
1: if I train for any event, I think I have the possibility of breaking any world record. I believe in myself. I believe in my talent. But to answer your question, I believe if I train for that event, give me four years, five years, maybe, I think I will be able to do it. Not knocking Carsten Walholm or any other four hundred hurdler. I just believe I believe in myself. I believe in my talent, and I think I'm able to conquer anything that I put my mind to.
0: I know you get you get because you're such a talent, and you're you you know you can run. A 60 you can win the ncaa title in the the flat 60 you can run top times in 200 400 and you get this question about like hey uh what can you do in this event or that in that high jump long jump all that stuff is there anything that you could do in your career in the 110 hurdles that would make you want to in the second half or final 25 percent of your career to switch a primary event. If you achieve everything, you break the world record in the 110s. Yeah. You win multiple gold medals. Like, what would it take for you to put all the Grant Holloway effort in a second event?
1: Um, I think exactly what you said. I think the main goal, of course, next year is Olympics, and then right after the Olympics, you have World Champs, and then right after World Champs, what? What year with that? 21 and 22. Oh, we're off 20 No, it can't be off 22. I don't know the 23. Is, they is, they yeah, about
2: 23 in Budapest. Five straight years, yeah. Yeah,
1: five straight years. So, yeah, let's say everything goes right those five straight years. I have no problem going to any event I, at that point. If I have solidified myself as one of the best furlers in the world, which I want to do so, 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 so bad because it's just so much talk and so much of this of uh, he can't do. It's, I, love, I love proving people wrong. I just love it. But the thing is, it's just like you said, my goal is to be – One of the best hurdlers to walk the planet. So my focus right now is on 110 hurdles. Yes, okay, I do everything I have to do. Yeah, I have no problem going to a 400, 400 hurdles, back to the long jump. You know, going to run, figuring out how to run a 200. I don't really know how to run a 200, clearly. We saw that this year, but, you know, just figuring out ways to get better and, you know, just to make my brand wider and bigger as we can.
0: You did mention, in a, kind of, in it- oh God! Oh. All right, Lincoln. No,
2: no. <laughs> yeah, Link, See, he's calling. He's calling me out. One sec. I feel like Carson Warholm rivals your energy. He's like one of the rare guys on the line that you can tell he's like r- amped to go and excited, and like brings that post-race energy. Kind of like and he reminds me of you. Uh, what, what do you have? You paid a lot of attention to him. Have you watched him? Like, what, what do you think of his technique and, and the way yeah. he handles mm-hmm. himself?
1: he is one hell of an athlete. You know, I think he he definitely wears his, his heart on his sleeve. I think I remember his first time. I remember his first time running in 2017 London. Uh, he was facing two of my uh, good friends, TJ Holmes and Karan Clement. And, you know, just to see him, you know, how pumped he was before, how pumped he was after. I definitely love his energy. And, you know, it's something that me personally I I love I feed off of that stuff um with that being said I definitely do think that is one of the reasons why he he is so great you know he he brings the energy to the sport he brings the energy not even to 400 hurdlers but just to everybody in general he is just one of those those athletes that you know you look forward to to watch watching run now ahead,
0: now Gordon. can you call on me yeah. Yeah, yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned in an in- you mentioned in a, in an interview uh, a few months ago. Uh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm keep on doing the same thing. I'm asking you questions that you probably don't want to hear. Uh, but like, how so can why, we get? So, 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 how can why we, we hear? Why, we hear why do you do that? Then, <laughs> if you know I don't
1: want to hear it, and you know I'm gonna give you attitude about it, why continue to ask the question? It's the same thing at Doha where you were like, "Did you hear about Daniel?" Okay, fuck, fuck me. What about my race? Yeah. Did you Did you see me right? Like, it's, like yeah. I don't, I don't understand why you do that. You, I think you just know you're like, all right, Grant's going to give me a little rant. I can deal with it then, and then I'll ask him the same question over again.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> has have I ever asked you any questions while you were at Florida during a press conference when you're like, "I see what you're trying to do, trying to start controversy." I apologize if Absolutely. that's what I've done in your. I think you have.
2: I think you have. <laughs>
0: well, if if you want to know the honest truth, before every NCA press conference, my whole goal is to figure out a question to ask to an athlete or to a coach that is something of interest to get someone riled up in a positive or negative way. And you're a great so, you person bouncing board off of that. That's
1: great. That's great. Give me riled yeah. up on stage. I think that's the best thing. Because you
0: know, You've been to those press conferences. Those press conferences are boring. They are just like snorefests. And well, I you think I say what, to what I gotta energy. say. Then.
1: You think this is yeah. all an act? Like, like I, you guys make the thing so much. Bo- you guys make it boring. So it's my job as an athlete and as Grant Holloway. It's like, all right, let's add some pump into this interview. Yeah, yeah.
0: my fault. Well, go, right. ahead. go ahead. Finish
1: the question. the question. You can ask me anything you want today. You can ask me anything you want.
0: I just want to know, like, how can you get yourself in the door to be on the 4 by one or on the 4 by 4 or on the 4 by 4 on
1: the whatever? I can actually sit here. I can sit here and and fight for this one. That is not on me at all. That is up to USATF, a huge politics system that I was told to stay out of. You know, at the end of the day, they saw me run the 60. They saw me run my 110 hurdles race. They saw me break a collegiate record with Florida with... Hakeem Sonny Brown, Raymond Akeru, and Ryan Clark. They, I'm pretty sure everybody saw what happened in Austin. As as an athlete, as Grant Holloway, and as Mike Holloway can say, you guys can ask him whenever you want. He said, stay out of it. I'm, I'm not going to waste my energy. I'm not going to waste my time on anything. Because Coach Holloway clearly said, if Grant makes the team, I don't care what event you're using for, as long as it's after his 110 hurdle final. He said he did not care. Now why they went with the relay they did to break the American record, I don't know. Why they went with the people to do the prelim round, I don't know. I don't know none of that. I, I was told to stay out of it. So I'm gonna sit here with my nice glass of wine and I'm gonna continue to talk to you.
0: Yeah, yeah well obviously don't you, you're, <laughs> you're, Well obviously you're uh, it's, it's political and like there's like athletes want this, that and like, hey I you know, you're, everyone is trying to like wants a spot, whatever, and then another person yeah. comes in. It's like, but I think about it: if they're willing to throw Ry Benjamin on that four by four, they should be willing to throw Grant Holloway on that four by one. That's what I think, right?
1: Political. I, I God, you think that, but like, I think me and your opinions are like like if this is the highest on like right here, <laughs> yeah, let's bring it all the way down here. We're not even on the screen. They don't care about us.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> well for uh it's it's kind of for bad reasons but there is a chance that one spot opens up and i'll use that for the four by one i'll use that to transition i'm sure you heard about the christian coleman news today that he's facing a suspension got a provisional suspension for whereabouts failures i want to ask you a two-part question one like what you think of the news overall and three just what your experience is with filing your whereabouts and being at your drug testing spot um You know for your for your window and just your experience with all the drug testing bodies in track and field is it a hard thing to follow is it frustrating i know that's a long-winded way but i'm just curious what your thoughts are
1: No, yeah um for me my 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 heart um my energy my everything in me goes out to christian coleman because one he's been fighting this even before worlds i mean let's just let's just go ahead and get the elephant out of the room um Nasser from Bahrain is finding the same thing. I don't know if she is suspended or not. But, like, the biggest thing is, is you got that. I think people fail to remember that Christian Coleman is a person. Grant Holloway is a person. Omar McLeod is a person. Uh, Lincoln and Gordon, both of you guys are people. You know, people fail to realize that we're more than athletes. Like, we all are human. I mean, it's been plenty of times, and I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm the best person, I haven't missed a drug test, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. But like, it's been plenty of times where my window says nine o'clock and I was out to eat with either friends, family, you know, I haven't been exactly where my whereabouts said and I have looked up and they haven't came and, and, and drug tested me. It's been plenty of times where I have gone out of town. I mean, let's just use it last week, for example, my mom had hernia surgery, so I had to take an emergency flight back home, make sure she was good, and I had to come back. That whole weekend, I didn't fill out like my whereabouts until, literally, I got on the plane the next, well, when I got on the plane coming home, I'm like, oh, I didn't fill out like my whereabouts, let me do this now to let them know I'm not here. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Christian should have done this, Christian should have done that, but at the same time, it's like, people fail to remember that we're humans, we all make mistakes. I mean, I can't name one person that has been perfect in 2020. I mean, let's just – or 2019 or 2018. We can just go all the way back to when I was born back in 1997, you know. I have not been perfect, so I don't think if, – if, if all the facts line up with Christian and they say what they say, I don't think Christian should be penalized because, you know, they have to remember that he's human. I think I read that he was Christmas shopping around the time and um, he was with family and friends and, you know – Stuff didn't go exactly as it was said. Um, I don't want to, you know, weigh in too much on this on this comment because I don't want quotes being pointed back to me or people saying, Grant said this or Grant did that. But um, it's just one of the things, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. If the um, if USADA or whoever drug tested him at the time made a mistake by not filling out their whereabouts saying that, you know, they're at the right location, it's okay. Like, man up life is going to go on with or without it, you know? So it's just one of the things, you know, you just got to, you got to just remember that we're all athletes. We're all going to make mistakes. And at the same time, it's one of the things that it's not hard when you have so many constant reminders, you know, I have my agent send me plenty of stuff. I have my mom check in on me. I have my dad check in on me. It's just one of the things, you know, it, it's just, it has to be done for the sport to be the way it is, you know. It's just, it has to be done.
2: Well, isn't that saying it has to be done? I mean, isn't that an argument for, you know, you, you said we make mistakes, but you, you know, playing devil's advocate here, you're allowed three mistakes here, or you're allowed two mistakes, and then the third one is, is you know, you, you strike right. out there. Isn't that saying, you know, we got to have people accountable? My, you're saying my agent helps, my mom helps? I mean, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, I don't you. know Christian should you be Christian. accountable for that?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely, I definitely, a hundred percent agree with you. I don't know Christian Coleman's support system, but shit, I'm I, I consider Christian one of my brothers. I consider Christian one of my close friends. I can consider Christian, you know, a role model to me. So I mean, I can I can take the fall for Christian for not saying like, hey, make sure you fill your whereabouts. I mean, it can go on and on to close friends, the family, the agents, to. Even the people with, 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 with Christian Coleman at Nike, you know, it's just one of the things that it can be folded so many different ways. But at the end of the day, like, I guess I, I, I've never gotten to this point. I don't want to get to this point. But if the rules say three, three, three strikes and you're out, then three strikes and you're out. But, like, at the same time, if, if, the, if, the, if the referee isn't playing to the rules of, of the rule book, then, you know, you got, you got different, different propositions to weigh in on.
0: This is coming from a person who never had a deal with this because I'm not a professional athlete. They're not worried about testing my pee, uh, as far as I know. Uh, but um, you're, you have this perspective of going, of being in it as an elite athlete, being tested multiple times. Uh, and I think the people on the sidelines can be like, it's so simple. Tell them where you are at 6 a.m. every day, and it's easy, right? And you talk about how like it is easy to – have like a mental lapse like you said where you might oh i forgot oh shoot like the same way we sometimes forget we leave our locker keys in the car or you know you forget to you know check get gas in time before you leave for work all these type of small mental mistakes with that said do you think the system that it is currently structured as has too many opportunities for honest humans to make simple like brain fart mistakes and that maybe there's a new way that we can keep people accountable without this whole, like, gotcha, three-structure-out program?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been uh, – I'm, I'm going to try to kind of shy away from this question as much as I don't really want to, but I've never – I haven't been in the system long enough to see exactly how this works. You know, I've been in the NCAA system where it's easy to say, oh, after the end, at the end of this meet, Grant, we're going to make sure we get you. We're going to take you to the bathroom, watch you pee in this cup, and we're going to let you be on your way. The NCAA system is easier versus, you know, USADA, who, you know, you can dope anytime time in, in the whole 24 hours of the day. It's just one of the things, you know, you – it's – I think it's, it's, it's harder to – as athletes to remember exactly what we're doing. You know, and that's like saying, hey, I want to go over Lincoln's house today, this afternoon all right, Usala needs to know exactly where I'm at, where I'm going and doing that. I think as humans, you don't have to report to nobody, or especially as adults. I mean, my thing is, if you pay taxes, you're, you're considered an adult. But like, if I wanted to come over to Lincoln's house today, right, they don't need to know exactly where I'm at, what time I'm going to get there, what time I'm going to be back home. Because if you say, oh, I, I fill out like my whereabouts every single time, and then it's, it's just one of the things where it's like, okay, like, I understand you're doing that, but like, if I want to go to my friend's house, I don't think I need to even tell my mother that I'm going to my friend's house. It's like, hey, mom, I'm at uh, Bobby's house. Let me call you right back. OK, baby, call me back. You know, it's one of the things where it's just, you know, as, as adults, you you don't you don't check in with so many people unless it's like, you know, someone who's who, who you talk to every day or you're in need of
2: but is that the obligation of a track athlete though it's like you're special caliber you get to go to the olympics you get to do i mean i understand what you're saying and i and i get that and i and i live totally free and so i can't even pretend to empathize with you know what what you guys have to go through with that but isn't it like you get this chance to win this gold medal you you've got to tell everyone where you're going constantly i mean isn't that your kind of your obligation if you get to represent usa and and try to win these medals
1: yeah, I I definitely agree with what you're saying as well, but I I still believe it's twofold. You know, I don't I it's it's kind of hard to weigh in on this whole situation when you're not the person who's being penalized yeah, yeah. for it. You know, yeah. I can sit here and say, oh, Christians safe, Christians good, and then the other side of me can say, oh, Christian needs to be banned, he needs to get out of here. Especially if I was going against Christian 100, I'd be like, yeah, ban him, get get him out of here. You know what I mean? But it's just one of the things where you know you got to sit back and you got to realize like we're all human. And I, I understand if, he, if if the rules were broken, the rules were broken. But also, if the rules weren't broken and you guys are trying to get a man out of the Olympics, I mean, I, yeah, he, he'd be a two-time Olympian. But it's just one of the things where, like, you know, we got to reevaluate ourselves, not just as individuals, but as a company, as a brand, as a as an agency on, you know, what, what is going on in the world. And like I said, Christian is one of my good friends. I really... Fully, truly respect Christian. And Doha, he gave me a lot of words of wisdom. Um, Even throughout the season when I was, you know, running at Florida, he was texting me every other other month, checking in on me. So, like, I have a lot of love and respect for Christian. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to sit here and, you know, pick a side where I don't really know all the details and the facts. So that's why all my answers have been kind of like cookie-cutter answers. Just, just because I don't want to pick sides and I don't know the full story. I don't, I wasn't there. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't really hear word of mouth. This is all Christian story versus uh, USADA story. So I don't really want to pick sides and I don't know exactly what happened.
0: Grant, are you going to race this year?
1: Um, that's a great question. I don't know.
0: Oh, I got a great question. Look at that. Look at that. I got a great yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know? Um,
1: no, so right now, as you guys know, some meets are lining up in, in August. Um, you got the Monaco meet. You got the Budapest meet. You got the Turku meet. You got so many. You got the Impossible games, I think, unless that already happened. I don't know.
2: Yeah. But inspiration you got so many games lined up, yeah.
1: It already happened? Yeah,
2: yeah. Impossible. Okay, so, ins- inspiration is next. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you got, you got all these meets lined up in August, but – us as Americans, with everything going on, as as everybody know, between um, the protesting, between the coronavirus, between our president, we have a lot of stuff going on, so our travel ban is still on. So as much as I, say, I can say I want to go to all these meets, but if that travel ban isn't lifted, I'm not going nowhere. So it, it's kind of like a waiting game, you know, it's you wait and see what's going to happen, and you figure out what to do next you know so i live my i live my weeks week by week and you know as the time moves forward um i'll have my decision you know two weeks a week out before anything happens
0: so you're still training like there's a opportunity if the door opens you'll walk through it like you know because sometimes people are like "Ah, i'm shutting it down for the year like you you have yet to officially announce that you're going to shut it down
1: yeah, I'm, I haven't shut down even when the coronavirus hit and when this was indoor season for um, indoor nationals. I was still training. I was still getting my mileage in. I've been on um, training, at a public track uh, with Coach Holloway um, four times a week, three, times, three to four times a week. We, we've been getting in and making it all happen. But um, it's just one of the things where, you know, my motto has always been stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You know, with that being said, I'm going to stay ready, so I don't have to get ready.
0: Not, I'm not sure another kind of side question. I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, the Florida governor signed a law or whatever that Florida NCAA athletes can make money off their likeness starting summer of 2021. Um, obviously, this is after you've already done your time at Florida. But if you could have a time machine and be able to start school over in the year of 2022. How do you think your years at Florida would have been different if you would have been able to profit off of your name, image, and likeness?
1: Um, I don't think it would have changed too much. If you're asking me would I go back in time, no. I, I enjoyed the way I matured. I enjoyed the way I came up. I enjoyed everything between touching Fred Curley before 4x4s four uh, taking pictures with Edward Chesarek, my freshman year. You know, it, it's so many things that I wouldn't want to change. Um, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I made it out. <laughs> I, I got a good living. I made it out. So I'm not really too pressed about, you know, making money off my name, off my likeness. Um, as long as my mom is happy, my, my dad is, is smiling because he doesn't really smile too much. And, you know, everything around me is functioning and working. I can make everything else work out.
0: But would you have, like, try to – I mean, would you have, like, maybe stayed <laughs> in school longer or shorter? I don't know because you could, like – because the thing about track athletes is, like, as soon as you accept prize money, you can't be an NCA athlete anymore, you know, or as soon as you do anything. But, like, here you can stay in an NCA system longer and st- – be able to like take the benefits of being on the international circuit as well. You kind of can take hand from both sides of the cookie jar. Um, And I just look at you as an example, because if you think of multiple track athletes, how is it going to affect them? It's going to people who can make most money are going to be athletes of your type of caliber of your type of brand recognition. And you know, the, the the triple jumper from the Missouri Valley conference, third place finisher isn't probably going to be, making Jeez. money but someone who is breaking say records would you know yeah um I, I,
1: like i said i wouldn't go back in time because i enjoyed everything i did at florida but then at the same time i don't really think me making money was the big deal for me i think i was really just doing the the for my for my love for track and field i was just doing that for pure joy not for money not to make it overseas not to, you know, boost and say, I got more Jersey sales than 10 Tebow. Um, you know, my, it it was just everything that I did, um, at Florida was for the simple love for the sport of track and field. And, um, you know, if you ask someone else that maybe they might have gone back in time, but personally me, I enjoyed everything that happened and I would never, you know, go back in time to, to flip that because, You go back in time and flip that, you might not have anything that you have now in 2019, 2020.
2: One thing I wanted to set the record straight, just make sure. You said famously after your world title that you wanted to find a big-ass glass of wine. And, of course, we were in Doha where alcohol is not at all prevalent. Did you, in fact, find wine that night after you won a world title? Of of course.
1: Of course.
2: How did you do that? How would you pull that off?
1: Um, You go to a bar um you sit down order some food and you get <laughs> you tell them to bring you out two glasses of wine and you just combine them together try that glass
2: there you go there you go that i i needed that i need the records straight on that because i i never <laughs> quite had that one had that one uh set you know graham obviously we talked about like what your goals are we know olympic title is next but what's what are you trying to improve like right now? Obviously, you know, you're, you're a guy that said, oh, I always need to improve even when I run 1298, even when I won a world title. But is there a particular focus right now in practice with you and Coach Holloway about like technique or attitude? Like what, what is it that you're trying to get right?
1: It's just every day, you know, you you go out there to be the best pro that you can be. I'm not trying to be Aries Merritt. I'm not trying to be David Oliver, Jeff Porter, uh, Omar McLeod, Sergey Shabankov. Orlando Ortega, I'm trying to be the best Grant Holloway ever to walk the planet. And um, I was on a Zoom call actually with Alan Johnson and uh, Curtis Fry Well, um, I think it was last, about two weeks ago, either last week or two weeks ago. And Alan was talking, you know, Alan was, you know, just talking about his time as, you know, one of the uh, premier hurdles for, um, for Team USA. And he was just talking and talking and talking. And one thing that Step stood out to me was the relationship he always had with a coach. You know, Coach coach, coach Fry always had his back. You know, of course, we're all human. We're not going to see eye to eye, but, like, I'm really just focusing on building my relationship with not only Coach Holloway, but my training partners between Kyra Jefferson, Hakeem Sonny Brown, TJ Holmes, Eric Futch, uh, Devin Quinn from Illinois is, is training with us here at uh, University of Florida. You know, it's just so many people that you can really, you know, like just really think about. And, um, you know, it's just one of the things now where you you, you kind of say, you know, it's to, in order to get better at track and field, you got to, you know, build the relationships at the track. And then also you got to build the relationship with your coach. And that was really the biggest thing that Alan Johnson stuck out with me. He was like, my relationship I had with my coach was at 100% every single day. Of course, we're not going to see eye to eye. We're human. But every single day, he brought out his A game and I had to bring out mine. And if I didn't, he told me to go home and we'll try again tomorrow. And as an athlete, you know, no athlete wants to be told to go home. So I'm really just been working on my relationship with Coach Holloway. Not really we're focusing on technique. Well, of course, we're focusing on hurdle technique, but really just building a relationship each and every day and figuring out ways to, you know, get better as coach and athlete, not just as a hurdler.
0: Does anything change with the dynamic between you and Coach Holloway now that you're not a Florida Gator? You know, does he – is there something – is there like a switch that changes the way he interacts with, you know, all the post-grad guys versus people who are still running for the university? Have you noticed any change uh, at all?
1: No. we. I, me personally, I haven't experienced no change. Oh, excuse me. I haven't experienced no change, but it was really just one of the things where – I get a little bit of more one-on-one time. You know, as a college athlete, you know, he has to worry about the four-by-one. He has to worry about the 400 guys, the one-two guys, the hurdlers, girls and guys to, to, to add on to all that. So, like, in my eyes, I feel like I'm getting more time because now he's just focusing on me, Andrew Riley, and Eddie Lovett at a certain hour. And then he goes to go focus on Devin Quinn, Hakeem Sonny Brown, um, Kyra Jefferson. And then he has time to go focus on Eric Futch, TJ Holmes, um, Kia Seymour. You know, everybody in our group always gets some of, some if not all of Coach Holloway's undivided attention. Um, I know Coach Holloway is um, getting prepared to move to a new house. Um, I'm really looking forward, because I kind of put this on him. I said I wanted to do film on Friday. So we have film Fridays now, which we weren't able to have, you know, in college. So like now I'm able to go to his house every Friday watch film, figure out what we need to work on that for that for the next week coming up, and then um we're able to you know get better. I think that's really gonna be um a huge factor on how I get better.
2: Uh, do Fridays at the you
0: sounds fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you, you said Coach Holloway's got a new move into a new house and then you mentioned the house forming earlier. You said do you have a new house? Is that am I hearing that?
1: I have a new house, yes. And Coach Holloway is moving into a new house. Oh, yeah, I got a of, the yeah, of No, house. I,
2: I. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't getting. I didn't think you were moving in with Coach Holloway as close as you guys oh, are. No, and you wouldn't do I that. Wish. What's it? I what's wish it? it? Yeah. <laughs> what's it? How's the How's the life in the house? Is it Is it lonely? Uh, like well, you I I got anybody know, living there with it. you?
1: No, nah, it's just me. Um, I have a. Uh, I got a little. I got. A, I got a not a little, but he is little to us. But I got a, a black lab. He's um he's hanging in there. He's bored probably half the time because I'm barely home or I'm doing something or I'm playing the game usually. But um we it life in the house has been different. I definitely could attest to that. It's not like living in a regular apartment like usual. But um you know it, it's something that you know as a grown up you take pride in. You take. You know you're happy to be there. You know you you make sure your grass is is good. You make sure your plants are watered. You know you, you're doing a whole bunch of grown man stuff. And my dad, my dad was here one one weekend, and I had I was like, Dad, I'll be right back. I gotta go water my plants. So he made the joke. He was like, You remember when you were younger, and you always used to joke me for watering my plants? Yeah. <laughs> jokes on you now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you like that? Do you like Grant Holloway the gardener? <laughs> no, not at all.
1: Yeah. Them <laughs> plants yeah. to take too much water and
2: then I get my water bill and
1: now I'm really mad.
2: <laughs> what was it what was the impetus for you getting a house? Was it like I'm a world champion, I need a house, or what was it? You're moving up, you're a pro?
1: Um, just a sense of security and just a sense of, you know, I want to hold myself accountable to a lot of things. I don't think I would have been able to do what I wanted to do going forward in the future, living in an apartment. I don't feel like I was you know, I just wanted a sense of, like, I wanted to grow up. I want to uh, figure out ways to mature myself a little bit faster than others. Um, of course, it's not every day that you hear a 22-year-old is in a house. <laughs> it is not every day that, you know, you see someone in a house, I-, I guess, right after or right after a major championship. It's just one of the things, you know, is I wanted to grow up and mature faster than the normal person so i took the time look for it and um i put my i put my heart and my soul into this place
2: cool well congratulations appreciate it big, Grant, big, big you- love Big
0: <laughs> love. <laughs> you got, got look at that oh man he's chugging it boom
2: is, is, is you just killed the wine you guys are hilarious you got more left oh you got more you, you got need more. to get a there wine sponsorship for sure you need to hook that up get your agent on that
1: Soon as I get it, you guys will get it.
2: There you go. I'm excited. Or yeah, your own line—that'd be also cool. <laughs>
0: That'd be great. Holloway, yeah, oh, man. Uh, are you a red or a white? What? What's your? I'm doing red Bordeaux right
1: now. Uh, I do like white. Um, I kind of faded away from white and switched over to red, but um, definitely like red. Mm.
0: Have you been into? Have cool. you been in any uh, good like vineyards like? tours or anything like that don't not, know, like especially not,
1: like in, like, or, or, not since corona let me say that i have been to a wine yeah. tasting i have gotten into a lot of different wines um red bardo Shiraz, marlowe cabs of course but um i haven't been to anything since this whole thing came upon us you know it's kind of just you go to total wine your, your friend's working he refers you to a section you get his, yeah. uh, you get his employee discount, and you you pay, and you walk out the store.
0: You gotta, you gotta run. A, does Rome still have a diamond league, or do they get? Yeah, they do, right? Does Rome have a diamond league?
2: I think so. You got yeah. the wrong person. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you should go. You go when you when you go back overseas next year, you know, you can uh, do on your off day between diamond leagues, you can go t- t- toward like a a European vine- winery. Then you're. just I get there you, there, go. there, you
1: gotta make sure you're there with me. Cheers. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: There you go. Well, Grant, thanks so much for joining us. I, I don't have anything else for you. We can let you get back to homeowner life or, or video games, whichever one you need to, to be on to next. Uh, we hope to see you out on the track this year if it's safe, and uh, best of luck going forward, man.
1: Indeed. I got one last thing before we close. I ran like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Não, não, não.